and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 110. Wow, actually, that's 10. Dude, 10, episodes, 10 weeks post yeah, episode right? 100. Holy shit. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. James, we're in the new and reformatted kind of Sutra Side Talk. It's a bold new world, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Uh, for those that don't know, which pretty much everyone doesn't except for like maybe the few people that like that post i made on instagram about it uh we are changing the way sutra side talk is going to be from now on uh slightly uh not too much but you know we've been doing news and usually you know the, the show is a weekly show where we talk about select gaming movie tv show news along with what we've been talking about or what we've been watching and playing and instead of doing usually we'll do like around six news pieces before we've been like breaking it down piece by piece before it was like maybe a like 10 8 to 10 news pieces and we would uh be there forever and sometimes not even get to talk about uh what we've watched and played then we cut out everything about like movie delays and casting to make things easier and then we set a timer uh, usually like five minutes each and we do like at least around three of each type of topic so like three gaming three tv show movie and sometimes it still takes a long time and also uh we had a talk i had a talk with uh, someone else and they were talking about how uh you know when pe if people want to come back to older episodes do they want to listen to old ass news with only maybe a bit of what we've, what we've been like watching and playing or do they want to come back and listen to what we've actually been watching and what we've actually been playing recently? That way it's a little bit more, you know, it, it's something that isn't affected by time as much because those shows and movies and games are still around and whatnot. So what we're going to do now is limit the news to two topics a week. And what this does is two things. One, it shortens the duration of time we would normally have for news and gives more time to talk about our experiences in what we've watched and what we've played. And also it'll actually ironically give us more time in those specific topics because now we're not limited to five minutes with them. And we're usually going to change, like choose the ones that are the most topical uh, and ones that we'll actually really want to like get into. So usually each topic could be ranging at the max 15 minutes, but normally it will probably be around 10 minutes. Uh, per topic so the news will only be instead of being potentially an hour only be 20 to 30 minutes and then the rest is just our experiences and stuff and potentially too we may, may lower it from an hour and a half usually for a show it just depends kind of on uh what happens here and this is the first episode doing that so it's very of course experimental to see how it looks yeah we'll see how it goes out or yeah. how it turns out I hate when my brain like combines two sentences <laughs> no, <for laughs> it sure. ends up being like a third thing that's like, wait, what did it mean? <laughs> but James, uh, we now have more time to uh, kind of, you know, shoot the shit if we really want to. Get that yeah. real side talk in there. Like, how, how's As your week to going? to me like holding the timer up to the screen. It's like, we got to get going. Wrap yeah, it yeah. Up. You guys can't see in the video because we don't do video. But like uh, it, when we get to like the last minute, James will like point the point the phone to me and we'll i'll be like ah shit and i'll try to wrap it up or he'll be talking when he shows it to me and he's still going yeah. after the timer <laughs> i'm like excellent and we we just half the time we don't respect that timer anyway we're just like much, i'm not yeah. done talking so i'm gonna keep going 
uh but james how, how's your week going pretty good uh i think i can finally talk about it now uh so i've mentioned on a previous episode that i started a new job uh working in biotech and i it was more of like a temporary job i was under like a one-year contract uh because i was hired through a recruiting agency and then you're like four months in right now yeah i'm like four months into that one-year contract and you know i've been enjoying my job i like uh, you know the work it's fun i i like to say that i'm a scientist like i can i like that i can say that i do science for a living which is a weird way to say it but uh i was not expecting any big news anytime soon and then all of a sudden like last week they're like hey don't tell anyone yet but we decided to just like hire you full on like now. So I have a more steady job now and it doesn't have like a one year contract or anything. It's just like I have benefits and shit now. I have access to a gym now <laughs> and pretty substantial raise. So you're going to you're going to go into a medical facility and be like, hello, I'd like to see a doctor. Yeah. I can now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, so. I don't know. It's like I've been kind of processing it over the last week that like, oh, shit, like this isn't a a potentially temporary thing. This is like as long as I want to now or until I like somehow fuck up like so bad that they fire me, which I seriously doubt that that would happen. It's like your fuck up just leads to 28 days later and it's like, oh, (laughs) no, the monkeys have rage. Like, I'd like to think that I'm better at my job than, than like getting fired for being incompetent at this point. But like. Yeah, like now I have options. Like I could start thinking about my future plans and stuff. Cause I, I, my plan up until now was just like wait till the, you know, I get more information on my what's next after this one year contract. Like, do I still have a job or do they hire me? And if they do hire me, I can start thinking about maybe moving out and like, you know, getting my own place somewhere, maybe closer to work. Cause as much as I love living in San Francisco, traveling like an hour or two a day well like 45 minutes to work and like an hour back from work every day is like not the worst but it definitely i could live without it and i don't know it's just it's interesting my life is like a little bit more concrete now and we uh have an official scientist on the podcast now yeah i'm saying like you know, we will. We may have some science advisement every now and then. Be like, "Well, what's your what's your take as a scientist on this matter, Mister Doctor Selig?" And we'll just be like that. <laughs> well, that's what's gonna happen. But yeah. congrats, man. That's yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we we already. I, I mean, I've known about this already. We went went out to lunch and it was just like, "Hey, guess what?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" And yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually showing him like a roadmap of the plans for the show and stuff. Yeah, I was just like, uh, my official day is on uh, first day is on Monday. I don't know if I'm supposed to be able to tell you it yet, but I can't. St- I can't keep it in anymore. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, but yeah, dude, it's uh, it's been a week. Honestly, it's just been, it's been. It feels like every. I feel like the last two, like last month and a half, all the weeks feel like the same exact week. Where I'm like dude none, none of these feel different it's like the same yeah. thing each time and i'm like all right whatever keep finding these jobs guys gotta, gotta keep yeah. looking for these jobs but yeah and uh are you ready to 
get into the rest of the show, James. I am. Should I bother even uh, setting a time limit for this? Because I think we were trying to go for, since it's two topics, we were going to do 10 to 15 minutes. Each. Yeah, I, I can honestly look for my phone just like, oh, it's 1231 right now. So uh, I can that, just that's like, fair. Okay, yeah. that works. Uh, our two topics this week, guys, which actually before we get into those, I almost forgot. I wanted to update everyone on a quick thing uh, from last week when James brought up the uh sexual harassment blizzard stuff. yeah from the activision, activision blizzard, blizzard yeah and like california suing and everything else so uh, a lot of my friends here in the city and i we play everything from like i i specifically will play call of duty Modern warfare and black ops cold war and a lot of them will play overwatch heroes of the storm world of warcraft call of duty as well and i think that's all the ones they play and they, they're like you know everyone was planning on getting like the next diablo game and stuff uh, we all talked about it, and at least four of us, if not more, are basically uh, not purchasing any more uh, Activision Blizzard products. So I'm not going to be getting the next Call of Duty this year. I won't be getting Diablo, or I wanted to get into StarCraft. I won't be doing that now. Uh, but uh, I'm also, just because, like, you know, they also track how many people are playing their games. Like, normally, you know, the whole thing is you know, you're speaking with your wallet. And yeah. if it's, let's say, a single-player game you already own and you play it, you're literally, if you play it, that doesn't do anything. It's not bad or whatever. Like, if you've already paid for it, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but if it's a multiplayer game, you know, that might be a little bit different just because uh, they can track how many people are playing their game at once and uh, it, it actually shows, like, it, it helps their numbers and stuff. So... We're just not going to play online anymore either uh, to help contribute to that. So, like, besides, like, oh, I'm not going to buy a battle pass or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, this is another way to contribute to that. So, basically, uh, yeah, no more Call of Duty for me, at least for the foreseeable future until they fix their shit. And, right. <laughs> uh, which I'm, you know, personally, this also helps me a little bit because now my PC is like, dude, I have space. Holy shit. And my <laughs> PS5 is like, oh, my God, you could have more than four games on here now. And I'm like, wow. So this is what it's like to free up space from Call of Duty. Uh, that just tells you how big those fucking games are. And also uh, Battlefield 2042 is coming out anyway this year. So, you know. I'm, I'm, I can live without Call of Duty this year, so I'll be fine. Not to mention, like, it's like, oh, what other shooters are there? It's like Battlefield and Halo, which is what we're actually going to get into later on in this yeah. episode. I'm but, actually wicked excited for Halo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one other thing is, uh, people, I don't know if you've seen, there was a David Ayer tweet recently, which, you know, the Suicide Squad, the, I mean, Suicide Squad director, I was going to say. It's like that's gonna get yeah, not not the new one that people are liking the the previous one that people were like what is this yeah and what's crazy so this is what's insane he responded to like someone's tweet and he put like a full on um three page like story of himself and it's kind of crazy it's like talking about where he grew up and like the the idea of potentially he would not live to be an adult uh oh. in his neighborhood like uh james i don't know if you want to but i can quickly read it uh just to show you guys what it's like um all right yeah it'll be fast um so he responded to someone that like talks shit and he says my turn i don't know what quit is i am not what you think i am nothing in my life was handed to me it's been a struggle from the jump my pops committed suicide christmas morning when i was four in miami 
Oh my god. And that was just the beginning. Foster care, abuse, disruption, chaos. I went to more schools than I can count. What's stability? I was in South LA doing hood rat shit as a kid, got arrested, LA County probation forever, had to take the bus to Crenshaw and Exposition to see the gang lady twice a month, but that didn't stop me from doing a lot of stupid and dangerous shit. I was the kid everyone just knew was going to end up dead or in prison, and I was in the right hood for it. I've stepped, I've seen bodies, blood, heads busted open, watched people die, stepped over brains on the sidewalk to catch my bus, been shot at more times than I can remember, got my ass beat by LAPD, LAPD Batonzio, in parentheses, uh, one of the first crack houses in LA was on my block, rolling 20s hood. I dropped out Jeez. of high school and was every day in the streets holding a wall up on the on a bodega. Took someone dying in my arms, covered in their blood, and vomit to wake me up. So I joined the Navy and served on a nuclear submarine, and I saw more. And experienced things that searched my soul, or seared my soul. Try 67 days underwater in a steel tube when you're running out of food. The Navy broke me, and the Navy saved me. I learned discipline, and the Navy gave me a work ethic. I lived in Sinalao, Baja Califas, uh, bounced back and forth, worked any job I could after that, house painting, construction, electrician. I started writing screenplays because someone saw something in me I didn't. Wesley Strick, thank you for save, uh, thank you saved my life. I wrote and I wrote, and I got sucked back into the streets, smoking PCP and cruising in my old cutlass, my old's cutlass. Uh, I didn't have a refrigerator. I didn't have a bed. I had nothing. Didn't file tax returns for seven years. I had no future. And I figured I was just burning time until I caught a case and got locked up. That's where training day came from. I saw it happen. I heard all the neighborhood stories. I wrote them down. I poured my soul on the page. And when someone offered me 30k for the rights, I laughed. But training day was special, which you guys don't know you wrote training day. Uh, but training day was special. But of course, uh, no one believed it was at the time. The nice Hollywood folks refused to believe cops could be that corrupt. Then the Rampart scandal happened, and yeah, they realized maybe it's real. Took years to get that movie made, and it changed my life. The lesson of that script, put your pain on the page. That is why I tell stories. I've seen life. I've seen people. I've seen the bad do good and the good do bad. I write about my lived truth, and I take the risk. Like putting my house on the line to direct my first movie. I put my life into Suicide Squad. I made something amazing. My cut is intricate and people, uh, and emotional, sorry, my cut is intricate and emotional journey with some people who are shit on and discarded, a theme that resonates in my soul. The studio is not my movie, uh, the studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. And my cut is not the 10 weeks director's cut. It's a fully mature edit by Lee Smith standing on the incredible work by John Gilroy. It's all it's all Stephen Price's brilliant score with not a single radio song in the whole thing, which, James, if you remember that movie, was like all radio songs. It has traditional character arcs, amazing performances, a solid third act resolution. A handful of people haven't uh, have seen it. If someone says they have seen it, they haven't. Uh, so, yeah, should be clear by now. I didn't have any quit in me. Never have. And why should I? Every day, breathing is a gift. I thought my story was going to end in the grave or sell long ago, so these uh, I'm living are bonus rounds. I'm so honored and blessed to have the career I do. Quit after my kids watched me come home every day after the studio takeover of the edit with my heart torn out. Who would I be to them if I quit? I've never told my side of the story, and I never will. 
Why? Same reason no one will ever know what happened down my submarine. I keep my co uh, covenants. I'm old school like that, so I kept my mouth shut and took the tsunami of sometimes shockingly personal criticism. Why? That's what I've done my whole life. Real talk, I'd rather get shot at. Uh, I'm so proud of James and excited for the success that's coming. I support WB and I'm thrilled the franchise is getting the legs it needs. I'm rooting for everyone, the cast, the crew. Every movie is a miracle. And James, uh, James's brilliant work will be the miracles of miracles. I appreciate your patience. I will no longer speak publicly on this matter. Whew. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you haven't watched Training Day, you should probably go watch Training Day. Um, yeah. And, dude, I mean, I think... You know, probably release the air cut. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I it, that after that, like before, it's like maybe it'll be better. And I'm like, after listening to that, I'm like, you know, actually, I think it would probably be better because well, the whole thing. interesting because he makes it sound like his his version of the movie is like a literally completely different movie. Yeah. Which is weird. It, it sounds like they really took the tone completely different where uh, in this one, you know, they it's post Guardians and post Deadpool. And you're seeing both of those kind of get into it. Whereas uh, what he was making was neither of those. And that was like post that that was like post production shit that they did for that. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's honestly maybe it may not still be a good movie when you see whatever version he made, but I think it would probably be a completely different tone at the very least. So something to keep in mind of. Yeah. All right. On to the uh, actual news we got here, James. We got two pieces. One is Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney and the other is Horizon Forbidden West might be delayed and it'll be more into the topic of what games are actually coming out this year. Yeah, uh, and what we're interested in that's coming out this year or in the fall, really during the holiday season. Uh, let's uh, jump into Scarlett Johansson though uh, for this uh, Disney lawsuit. Uh, all right, so this is pretty crazy. Like you, you don't expect this to happen, especially like it was just yeah. announced that Scarlett Johansson is starring and producing a Tower of Terror movie for Disney. Now she's suing Disney. Because uh, she feels her the, the theatrical release was damaged by Disney Plus's uh, premiere, D the Disney Plus premiere access release simultaneously. Yeah. And well, yeah, as I understand it, the main complaint is that she had like a part of her contract as like the head star of this movie that she would get some cut of the box office like. Which profits. they do for a lot of films, yes. Yeah, which it makes sense. And, like, again, she has been uh, Black Widow for, like, a Ten while. Years. And it just makes sense that at this point she would get, like, a cut of the movie that she is literally the main character, like, lead star in. Yeah. But, you know, pandemic happened. This movie was supposed to come out, like, right when, the, when everything shut down, basically, or, like, shortly after, something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But so we were kind of wondering why for so long Disney didn't just put it out on Disney Plus like they easily could. And now it just makes sense that it's like, oh, because it was part of her contract that 
it had to come out in theaters. And so I guess when it finally recently not only came to theaters, but also was released on Disney Plus on the same day. Granted, they did the um, the Mulan type thing where it was like 30 bucks to buy it. Like you, you couldn't just watch it as a part of your subscription. You had to pay on top of it. You know, I, I guess I just assumed that, oh, she must get a cut of that or something like that. Because literally, like even if not everyone wants to watch it for 30 bucks on Disney Plus, you know, some amount of people will because it's just more convenient. And also at the time, a little bit safer than going to the theaters, especially in some places. But it's just weird to me that it seems like Disney didn't even bother to renegotiate her contract at all or run it by her if like hey would you be willing to let us like make an amendment to your contract that like lets us put this out on disney plus and we'll just give you a cut of that 30 dollar you know premium fee or whatever and it just seems like disney was like nah we're just gonna do it (laughs) and so like i at this point i totally understand why she's suing disney because it's they are basically just trying to see if they can not pay her for something that literally goes against her contract yeah and if it's written in the so disney released a statement uh i don't know if you saw it james i i've been hearing about like kevin feige is apparently like super upset about this yeah kevin so if kevin feige is upset and then disney like actually put out um let me find it really fast they put out an actual <laughs> statement it's like, yo, this is bullshit, guys. <laughs> like, they, they pretty much said it, like, practically like that. Uh, here we go. There is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous <laughs> disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney what? has fully complied with Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, sorry, Miss Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the twenty million dollars dollars she has received to date. Uh, the Walt Disney Company. Wait, so are they saying that she is getting a cut of the Disney Plus money? That's what they're saying. Um, they haven't really said there's no full explanation exactly of what that means in terms of like, well, how much is it as much? Is it less or is it more than what she was? She would have gotten uh, with theatrical, not to mention like there was all those ads. If you go to a theater, if you went to a theater, uh, they all said like, you know, watch Black Widow in theaters. Like it was a very big thing. So it's like, you know, at the same time you have Disney going like, go watch this in Disney plus, whereas, you know, the theaters saying the complete opposite. And, uh, you know, I'm not too, there's not as much of a division I'd say on this topic because I think a lot of people are finally kind of figuring out what this is also like kind of br- yeah. being brought up with because I, I brought, the, I actually made a poll on Twitter before we, uh, made this episode or before we uh, are recording right now. And I put it out and I'm like, uh, what do you think about Scarlett Johansson's doing Disney for Black Widow being on Disney plus? And I, you know, gave options. I said, you know, she's in the right. Disney did nothing wrong. I don't know enough. And then like other, if people want to comment below, I had about 18 votes. 83% said she's in the right. 6% said Disney did nothing wrong. And 11% said I don't know enough, which I believe if it's 18 people, uh, or like probably one to two were on Disney's side. Uh, Mm -hmm. Two to three 
or like Disney didn't, uh, I don't know anything on this. And then the rest were all on Scarlett Johansson's side. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, it, it's been brought up and I'm going to be honest, I completely agree with this. Uh, if this was a male actor, uh, this probably wouldn't be oh, a situation yeah. at all. This is, it's like, it, this is definitely because uh, she's a female actress. So. Yeah. I mean, like we can't say for absolute certain, but like it is odd that Disney is just like, can we fuck over the one female Marvel star and no one will notice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should say the one. I mean, Br- Brie Larson is also Captain Marvel. I, for- I keep forgetting about that because she's yeah, been you in keep... like one and a half movies. Yeah, it's like you forget about that. So Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, the main Marvel female star, if you want to put it like, I guess, more so. Yeah. Like the one that's been around this whole time and shit. And, and Kate-, Kate Olsen is also Scarlet Witch, but that's also, also like a more recent like yeah. thing. Like Scarlett like, Johansson's Scarlett been there since the beginning. Been... Yeah, yeah, she's literally. like she's the Alpha Prime, uh, and I yeah, like I said, I, I agree with this like, fact. I yeah, think. I I feel like this would never have happened to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, this is now he'd be in full control here. Yeah, and it's also interesting because it shows infighting. If Kevin Feige is siding with Johansson that on too. this, uh, that shows that Disney isn't of one mind. That. There is more merit to Johansson if Feige is on her side, especially yeah. the architect of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe is saying, like, I'm disappointed in Disney. Like, yeah. you can kind of tell uh, where the dice are rolling here. Yeah, that's kind of like a huge win. Well, I shouldn't say win, but like it adds a lot of credence to um, Johansson's yeah. like report or whatever. Because normally in these situations, like, if the company as a whole is going like, you know, blah, 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 especially like, like a Ray Fisher, like WB as a whole yeah. has been against him, which it makes it a lot harder for him to make his case. And in this case, like if the guy who is pretty much practically the head of Marvel is going against it within DC, within uh, Disney, then you're definitely seeing a bigger, uh, a big change there. And this isn't just the, the start and end, like, Apparently, Emma Stone might also sue over Cruella. There's rumors of that. And it basically, like, the whole thing was, because it's in the era of streaming, there might be an entire, this might be a snowball effect. This is the little snowball that turns into a whole actors versus studios uh, lawsuit, just, like, basically war, potentially, uh, with all the... uh, streaming happening and i'm not sure if it'll just stay because right now it's like oh if emma stone does it that's two for disney against disney uh the newest movie out jungle cruise uh the rock and emily blunt are in it and right now they've been just basically showing off on the red carpet and are they going to show off on the red carpet and at the same time then sue like it's hard to say there because it's also on premiere access as well yeah i want to hope that this is just like some type of confusion that happened because it's like these movies were conceived of before the pandemic even happened. And then, you know, it, it happened and you couldn't go to a movie theater safely for well over a year. And, you know, the studios want to make their money back. The actors want to get paid. You know, the, the fans want to see the movies, but how do you do that all safely? And like, you know, within a reasonable amount of time, I guess, that like you know how how long are you willing to let these movies just sit i guess yeah and so i'm hoping that like going forward there'll be a little bit less confusion and maybe it'll be 
you know, a more hammered out com- uh, contract with the actors of like, okay, so are you okay with us releasing this movie on Disney Plus or on our streaming service at the same time? And if you if you are willing to do that, you know, how much of, of a cut are you willing to take? You know, stuff like that, you know, as opposed to just this trying to pivot midway through you know the the whole release schedule of the movie and just go like well can we release it now and will no one get pissed off yeah like it's just i'm hoping that that confusion doesn't last what i'm curious about too is is warner brothers gonna get hit with this as well with uh, their entire year slate of films yeah going day and date with hbo max because the difference what, is it, what does alexander skarsgård think about kong versus uh, versus godzilla or wait godzilla versus kong <laughs> like you think about the fact that th- here's the difference though disney's charging like 30 bucks for each movie on yeah. plus hbo max said we'll give it to you for free because you know one they want people to, it's it's basically a giant advertisement for hbo max yeah but also you know it's that was a big win on their part because they're helping people watch this yeah. for very cheap and um you know, there was a lot of backlash from mainly the legendary directors, like uh, mainly like um, the D- Dennis Villeneuve of Dune, and then Nolan. Even though uh, yeah. Nolan wasn't affected by it at all, he still <laughs> gave it. He, he gave it a ton of shit <laughs> yeah. uh, to the point where now I think Netflix is actually trying to get him to come over, even though they're streaming only. And you know, he's a theatrical guy and an IMAX guy. But um, yeah, it's it's very. I'm very curious to see if uh, Warner Brothers will be hit in any way as well because i also know they i believe they compensated uh people that would have gotten the theatrical bonuses already uh mm. they give them extra compensation or like they tried to rectify that by like doing other stuff uh with what they would lose yeah. um two other things too one thing i, I think is kind of funny is i know i remember seeing it all over twitter there was like a whole campaign of people being like release black w- fuck theaters just release black widow yeah. on disney plus for premiere and no one even thought about like maybe there's a contractual a contractual reason why they can't i bet you anything all those people are probably i bet you anything they're acting like either they either are going like i was wrong or i more so are like they i can't believe they've done this to scarlett johansson yeah. it's like weren't you the guys that wanted them to even not even be in the theater at well, all Well, it's like we didn't know though like i i was one of those people for a long time that was like just put it on disney plus what's the he problem admits it, see <laughs> but like yeah. now that i know i'm just like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah and like i'm totally on scarlett johansson's side but also like i i literally when i first heard this story was confused for a second because i was like wait but her movie's finally out and people can see it why is she suing disney now yeah Oh, that's why. <laughs> and I'm sure the, the average person's also like, basically, like she for base pay of this, base pay, $20 million. And you're just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that, like you mentioned that Disney is unlike um, HBO, they're charging for this. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit more complicated that like if, if Disney wasn't charging for this, they could be like, well, what, but like how much do we pay her though? Because like that's a much harder calculation of like, do we give her x amount of money for like each disney plus subscription that accessed this movie or like how does that work do we factor in people who didn't finish the movie because they weren't interested or whatever like how does that work but disney is literally charging extra for this yeah and like they're making money off of it 
Yeah, and to the point where, uh, actually, I believe theaters were pissed at him, too, uh, for doing Premiere Access because that damaged their potential sales. Especially, you're thinking about it, and it's like, yeah, it's $30. It's a lot. Imagine it's, like, a room of five people. That's not a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, that's probably, like, $100 right there. If you the get theater. a few friends together, that easily makes it cheaper than going to the movies for all of you. Yeah, if, if it's, like, two people then I see it like you're bra- you're pretty much breaking even practically. If it's one person, you're yeah. kind of losing money, which is why I won't do it. Uh, but if it's like three or more, you're you're basically getting a steal here and the theaters are losing money and whoever else is And on concessions money. and stuff too. Yeah, well, actually, it's still the concession. Like, I, I get, I'm, I'm on theater sides for like, you know, when it comes to like, you know, we'll be out of business for the tickets and stuff. But when it comes to concessions, I have fucking $5 for a, a box of candy I could get for a dollar at Walgreens. Fuck that. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm doing that shit. Fucking how old are those hot dogs? Why are they $8? You want a $6 Sprite? <laughs> fucking, yeah. So I ain't, I ain't about that shit. And uh, yeah, I'll sneak that shit in. I don't give a shit. Uh <laughs> I fucking snuck in with five guys. So I'm um, I I think uh, it, it the other thing here too is it, it brought up again like yo how much are you paying actors and actresses exactly yeah and, and I'm not too. saying specifically Johansson obviously not because obviously a lot of male actors will actually make more easily like a Robert Downey Jr. Dude, look at yeah look at Robert Downey Jr. He makes like a ridiculous made I mean granted I don't he's I think he doesn't matter he he doesn't ever have to work again if he doesn't want to oh, the only reason a lot of these people not. still need more is either they want more you know they want to keep acting because they love it or uh they are really bad with money because Dude, they're so rich like, they don't know how to handle it because they keep spending it and wasting it yeah it's almost like in his contract, he was like, okay, by the end of this 10 years, I want to be as rich as Tony Stark. Yeah. You have to do that. <laughs> Practically. But yeah, I mean, like I said before, I, I've been actually been saying it more so, but yeah, actors and actresses in general overpaid. I'm not saying like, oh, just re- like the actresses. Oh my God. It's like, no. I mean, obviously actresses. Hey, let's say if a actor is paid $50 million for a film and it's a really big film and there's an equal role with a female actress, she should also be paid $50 million. Yeah. But why is anyone getting paid $50 million in general anyway? I'm like, yeah, that's way too much. Like, I think they'll survive with less, but also yeah. it'll be better for the film itself because you're actually potentially paying uh, more for the quality of the film. than. I think it's just like a numbers thing. When, it, when you're talking about movies like the Marvel movies where they make like a billion dollars, like me, me, for most of the movies, no, I shouldn't say most of the movies, many of the movies make it over a billion dollars. Like $50 million is really not that big of a chunk of the profits no yeah so, i think so it's, I think it's, it's also like... because like it affects the quality of the film at the same time like imagine a director or like a, a film like yeah a, a director and his team they're trying to make a mil- uh, a movie that's potentially on a, a much smaller budget so they're going to make the best they can with what they have versus someone with a blank check going it doesn't really matter we can do whatever it's going to be like basically all these explosions and big names under it and stuff like yeah. that where they're not trying as much they're not trying to innovate they're not trying to do something that really stands out and makes you go are wow, you accusing what a michael bay of being not innovative <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> among many other people and many other mainline blockbusters of course but you know that's just a fact i think and uh yeah i, th- I just think it's something to always consider but of course, you know, actors and actresses are always going to get paid a shit ton. But, you know, make sure at least if you're going to do that much, make sure it's equal. And then maybe, you know, look at yeah. 
how that it really affects the film too but end of the day in this situation if a contract is very specifically written for like a certain chunk of the profits maybe don't go like off contract yeah (laughs) and you won't get sued but yeah end of the day in this situation definitely signing with scarlett johansson on this one yeah for sure yeah and moving on to the uh second and only other news topic james apparently horizon 2 forbidden west might get delayed to 2022 oh no i never saw this coming (laughs) the world is shocked um i mean albeit not as shocked as i was when god of war ragnarok was delayed yeah but like so this just makes me go back to back when the ps5 was first unveiled like officially and they were like here's a handful of games that are going to be coming out in the next like, year or so and we got you know a tease for ratchet and clank rift rift apart and we got a tease for horizon uh forbidden west and god of war ragnarok and they they had 2021 dates on all well not like hard dates but like i think ratchet had like a more concrete date but the other two were just like 2021 and we were like that would be the most insane launch year of any console ever if they got all three of those games out in the same year especially since god the god of war 2018 only came out like two years ago at the time that they like announced it or whatever god of war and like horizon zero dawn came out like a little bit before that like That'd be a really tight turnaround for these games, especially going from like PS4 to PS5 development kits and stuff like that. Like, man, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) And so we were like, I was at least excited for the idea that it could happen, but I was not expecting that at all. I was like, okay, maybe Ratchet could come out because we haven't seen a Ratchet game in a while. But the other two, those are very up in the air. Yeah. And it's... I. I, okay, first things first. Um, we'll never get angry at delays. No, of course Like, not. Uh, it's always completely understandable. The amount of delays that have happened this year alone, though, like, has been insane. Like, think about, like, God of War, potentially Horizon, uh, already Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Gotham mm-hmm. Knights, and a bunch of others have been delayed to 2022. Halo Infinite last year, 2019, or 2020, was supposed to come out, and yeah. then now it's 2021, without a release date. Hey, we like, still don't have a release date. There's no, they said fall, but it's like, I mean, they said holiday, and it's like, is it, like, there is still, they leave it at holiday one, because it's like, you want to believe it the best possible chance that it could still come out this, like, it, whatever it needs to be, whether it's like October, November, or whatever. Yeah. But also, what if it just actually doesn't come out until 2022? Like, there's still that possibility, because if they didn't put a solid release date, like, I still have, I'm like, honestly, there's like a 40% chance, like, yeah, it could come in 2022. Like, I just, that's how I'm feeling, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. I I have a little bit more hope for Halo, just because they are currently doing that, like, closed beta. Yeah, the flight test. Yeah, so I'm Which I'm hearing great things about, by the way. Yeah, same. So I'm hoping that that is, like, they're actually using it as a beta to be like, okay, how complete is it? You know, how's the, how are our servers holding up? How, like, how does the net code actually work? Like, is, is there too much lag between someone doing something and someone else experiencing that thing? And all that stuff that you should use a beta for and not like Fallout 76 where they were like, we're putting out a beta two weeks before the game comes out. Have fun. It's like, oh, this is just a demo. You bastard. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, this, I, I, I see more demos coming. 
in the near future. Like, I mean, not dumb, damn it. Betas, uh, yeah, definitely. Betas. Yeah, like, I would see, honestly, potentially, I I think we'll get betas in more of August, in September, and October for Halo. I wouldn't be surprised, because they probably yeah. want that shit down to a T. Worst case scenario... see them do an open beta, just to see, like... yeah what happens when when he, when we open the floodgates you know part of me honestly wouldn't be shocked if what they actually released Halo multiplayer in the fall and didn't have the campaign until 2022 part of that me would, would be not be shocked bit, yeah that would be a little bit of a disappointment but i would kind of be fine with that because i'm at this point more excited for the halo infinite multiplayer than the Same. story uh that's been since halo 5 um I haven't been excited for the Halo story since Halo 4. And then yeah, also same. Kind of. And then it was kind of like, okay. And then, yeah, Halo 5, it was just honestly came out it's, of it. The positive was only the multiplayer. It's so. really weird that Halo 5 is one of those few instances in the games industry where it is almost unan- unanimously agreed upon that it is ju- not just like the worst Halo game, but that it's just a bad story. Yeah. No, they, they they were, it's just weird. It's also because they, they did a lot of weird advertising for it. Those complete opposite. Oh, like, you it mean was the a lies? Lot of, <laughs> yeah, that, that full fucking ARG, the commercials where they're like, long live the forgotten, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you play the game and you're like, man, it's not even the fucking bait and switch. They like, had that whole, like, Hunt the Truth podcast where they were trying to make it seem like there's, like, a mystery of, like, why did Chief go rogue? And, yeah, no, and it, was, it, was a whole, it was a whole bait-and-switch, um, that, that, which I, I was starting to realize I really, when I hear bait-and-switch for something, I immediately will get hostile, being like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, you know, this isn't just about Halo, though. Uh, this is about just, you know, Horizon and just games coming out in the fall. Yeah, and right. What games are we looking forward to, then? Uh, so, if potentially yeah. this game isn't coming out, and... Also, that's the thing. Like you, so you're asking what games we're excited for now, because like I said, the 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 three games that were supposed to be at least for PlayStation, the big tentpole games for this year, were Ratchet, Horizon, and God of War, and now like Ratchet's already out, and that was that was a really good game, but Ratchet's already out, and yeah. the other two, not happening. Definitely not God of War. Probably not Horizon. So yeah, like, what are we gonna play yeah, on? I mean, it, like, maybe not just the PlayStation, but like everything. Yeah, like, and I, you know, there, there's a bunch of games still coming out, but uh, there's some I, I specifically have here. Like, I mean, uh, if you still have, there's still technically two first-party PlayStation more like updates coming. You know, the director's cuts of Ghost uh, of Tsushima yeah. in the by August twentieth, uh, Death Stranding. By director's cut by the end of September, and then PlayStation timed exclusive by at least a year, I believe, is Deathloop also in September. So you have those. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely still excited for Deathloop though. Yeah. Uh, Xbox has of course Halo Infinite if it comes out this year. Yeah. Uh, Forza Horizon Five, which actually does look really good. Yeah, uh, I'm not usually into racing games, but I'll definitely since it's just going to be on Game Pass, I'll definitely give it a, a shot because yeah. it looked fun. And it's I want to honestly I'm kind of excited to drive in mexico specifically like that too, i was like that... the uk i was like ah, i mean australia pretty... looked pretty cool but yeah the uh but yeah definitely mexico looks like a really cool location yeah and like there's a lot of xbox fans in mexico too like if you ever went to i mean they showed like Dude, XO... they had a whole show in mexico yeah in one mexico of the exo events was yeah in mexico city and they were losing their minds there they were even cheering at sea of thieves i was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> which i've been playing that recently james i'm not gonna lie i really like that game now um 
yeah, it's it's the truth, it guys. Um, but yeah, Force Horizon Five, uh, Halo Infinite. We have the next Call of Duty whenever that's announced. Uh, Battlefield eh. 2042, Back That'll for Blood. Definitely... I'm surprised. I'm so excited for Battlefield 2042. Yeah, and Back for Blood for they, sure. Yeah, they got me with Battlefield. Uh, Back for Blood. I already knew I was excited for. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry Six, James's most anticipated game, Metroid Dread. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, and then um, those Pokemon games. I think for Diamond and Pearl. I think is yeah. coming out. Um, I wish I was excited for those, but I'm not as excited for like the Pokemon remakes, though. Yeah, so there's all of those plus you know a lot of other games. Um, but you know that's that's already a lot right there. And why we're doing this now is because you know from what the rumors are, the PlayStation event isn't until September. And that's like when the fall begins, the fall season of game releases start. Yeah. And mm. we're more so really going to talk about that event when that happens more so than what we're doing here. Because by then, if it actually is true, then they, they basically aren't going to actually say Horizon's delayed. And they'll just show the 2022 February release date or whatever, I'm assuming, for the game uh, at the show without really having to say it. So that everyone goes, wow, it looked really cool. Just, you know, it's all oh, it's delayed. But yeah. if it's true now then you know we already got that out of the way we don't have to talk about that again as much it won't be as big of a deal when it actually is shown but that said james uh what are you what are you looking forward to what's, yeah what's i mean like I, I mean like i said i i'm still excited for death loop i mean what i'm mean, like when the sony did the last uh, playstation direct which had the like the eight minute deep dive into um death loop i was I literally was saying in that episode when we were talking about it, like, okay, I mean, that looked really cool, but I'm all, literally already sold on this game. You don't need to keep showing me more of this game. Uh, I've just been waiting for it to come out at this point because I I liked the, um, the Dishonored games. I just didn't like that they kind of punish you for, if you want to do like a full stealthy playthrough, like they punish you for killing people. And like they literally, at least in the first game, give you a worse ending story-wise. Mm. Because it, it was like this thing where the more people you kill, the more plague rats spread and it spreads the plague that's going on in Stonewall. No, what, what the fuck? It, whatever it's called. Um, and like, I don't know. I just didn't like that. They literally, if you want to get the good ending, you can't use any of the cool powers. That does not look like a problem in Deathloop. It looks like they're just like kill everyone in whatever way you can just get through the, the Deathloop or whatever mm. so that looks super super fun uh you mentioned metroid dread i am a massive metroid fan i will play any game that they make even metroid other m i i played it didn't like it i like i played it off of uh gamefly and then years ago i still bought a copy of it from game uh, gamestop because i was just like well gotta have it in my collection even though i hate it uh so I'm very excited for Metroid Dread. And like I already mentioned Halo Infinite. Like I, I want to know what the story is because it's really weird to me that they seem to be pivoting away from the Cortana storyline that they started in 5. Unless we have, we have new Cortana at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, unless she's <laughs> the one that the, the Banished are like working with. Like, I don't know, because there, there was that insinuation that, like, there there's someone, I guess, behind the Banished, maybe. But, you know, I started playing Halo Wars 2 just so I could know who the Banished even are. 
and like it i don't know it might be cool to see that faction in halo infinite because it is a really interesting story of like a a brute rebellion that like rebelled against the covenant and yeah. just like they were so good at at warfare that even the covenant couldn't stop them and like could never extinguish them yeah and i so actually that- definitely want to um if we you know eventually we're gonna get into the beta and yeah. whatever which not this beta but the next one and yeah. or probably maybe we'll see and we'll definitely talk about how the game is but i'm also hoping we'll get more story reveal because i definitely want to get like maybe Orin again on here to yeah. talk with us about it or someone else for sure oh yeah yeah halo. so i'm definitely looking forward to the halo infinite multiplayer hold on for those God that don't know, i, I thought i thought just I, I had a and yeah just... i had a sneeze and it went away oh, i hate when that happens anyway this, like yeah that's the thing is as much as i disliked the halo 5 story the multiplayer i thought was actually really really fun so that's why i'm still hyped for at least the multiplayer of halo infinite um man other than that i mean i can't remember if uh, Kenna bridge of spirits is still coming out this year um I think there's is. a bunch of like indies and stuff like that that i'm still kind of excited for but there it does seem like this the end of the year is really clearing up for like big triple a games so yeah. i don't know like uh, so, the, yeah the other big... than halo and death loop there's not really much and metroid there's not okay. really much for me personally uh coming towards the end of the year which is good because that means i can get through some of my backlog maybe yeah no that's what I'm, I'm still trying to get that done too i've been at least destiny backlog i've been doing recently but uh so for me, I, I definitely see like all my big single player games I wanted to play for the fall are gone. Like Hogwarts Legacy, God of War, and probably Horizon are all gone. Uh, those were all the big single player ones, and uh, multiplayer is still remaining. Like like Halo Halo Infinite story, I'm kind I'm I'll believe it when I see it if it actually like is really good. Like I still don't know. Uh, I'm just very much like indifferent at this point. Uh, more looking forward to the multiplayer. Uh, just because what they've shown us so far uh, with the characters and everything else hasn't done anything. They're just making it like, hey, look, a thing. And it's like, what what do they do? What's the point? What is this? Like, you haven't really yeah. told us anything. And for everything else, like, it's all very much multiplayer. Uh, well, except for maybe Deathloop. But Back for Blood, very multiplayer. Battlefield 2042, multiplayer. Far Cry 6, I don't even think. I don't even know if I'm going to get that or not, honestly. Uh, I don't really yeah. buy the Far Cry games, and I don't know if I'll get this one. Uh, it just depends when the time comes. Um, I'm, it's not going to be something I buy day one. I'll wait to see what people say. But at the same... Like, honestly, I'm more, I was more getting it for uh, Giancarlo Esposito than anything. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if I want to really get this game or not. We'll see. Uh, also, I really want to blow up that dog. If I can't blow up the dog, I'm, <laughs> I, it's not as interesting. Like, people are way too just like i love this dog like just fucking blow it up dude it'd be so so much fun to blow it up uh (laughs) i'm not crazy uh call of duty skipping uh force horizon 5 is like a game i don't think i'm gonna play a lot but it's a game i definitely want to check out and of course the two director's cuts like goes to tsushima i'm still unsure if i want to go through it all over again or if i just want to do iki island and of course, Death Stranding is going to keep me. Pr- Honestly, that's probably going to be my big single player game in the fall because that game is going to keep me very busy now that I've saved it and waited for like the PS5 version. Uh, that's going to be. I don't even know how long that's going to take. So that'll definitely be a big haul there. But otherwise, like, honestly, looking at it, like, 
I think not counting the director's cuts for sure. I'm probably getting four of the games, uh, which Halo Infinite. I don't know if that counts because it's on Game Pass, but really it's like Deathloop, Battlefield and Back for Blood are probably the three fall games I'm getting this year because uh, Far Cry is the big Ubisoft game. There's no Assassin's Creed this year. The next one is probably not going to be until 2022 fall, which, you know, makes me happy because that means I still have time to get through Valhalla, which I'm like still not even excited to, to pop in yet. I'm like, you know, I keep waiting to play this. Uh, I just I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I'm going to definitely play Assassin's Creed 3 remastered first. I'll, I'll have a lot of fun with that easily. But yeah, I would say it's probably going to be Back for Blood and Battlefield 2042 that are probably the biggest games coming out the, this fall for me until I get my hands on that Halo beta, though. it's Those two are definitely the biggest, easily. Um, it definitely feels like... Um, I think the last time we had a year like this was probably 2014, where the biggest games that came out were Shadow of Mordor and Dragon Age Inquisition. And it didn't feel like there was much that like nothing against those games, but it just didn't feel like there was anything else because it's like you had those two and they're like, that's cool. But if you put them put them up against the 2015 game streams, put them up against Arkham Knight, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Witcher, Fallout 4, like that's that's a lot of good single player games. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's hard to compare uh 2015 and 2014 because that that makes 2014 feel off because it's like as dragon age inquisition was the best game that year but put dragon age inquisition against the witcher 3 and it's like Uh, that's like oh fuck dude it's like ah (laughs) no sorry and you know after that there's been a lot of other stuff each year like 2017 what was it odyssey breath of the wild and horizon zero dawn 2018 was god of war spider-man red dead redemption 2 like all these big ones and then uh we're here in 2020 was fucking ghost of tsushima and the last of us part two so oh it's God. like uh right yeah uh honestly so far looking at what's coming like i have faith in these games but like will they be as good as a rift apart i don't know like so far yeah ratchet and clank is exceptional this year like that is Dude, the, it was so good that like, that wait, might be so I far it was gonna be fun i didn't think it was be it gonna be as amazing as it was yeah like uh seven months into the year ratchet and clank is still holding the crown right now i don't know if these will be able to take it down but we'll see what happens and uh, i think that's all we got on this one man i think it's time to uh switch over all right sounds good all right so uh how do you want to do it this week, James? Do we want to do, uh, uh, I talk about two or three and then you talk about one or do you want to do, uh, uh something else? You got a bigger list now. Mine has still been I, pretty fat. You know, I kind of watched a few things this week, so I have some more stuff to talk about. Why don't I start with one and then you could do like three. All right. Yeah, that works. All right. So the most recent one that I literally just finished uh, I don't know if I mentioned last week that I started a, a, t- a Apple TV Plus subscription because of the PlayStation deal. Oh, Ted Lasso. And Are you talking about Ted Lasso? So I'm gonna save Ted Lasso for a bit. Oh, this so one I that I it. this one that I just <laughs> no, I I did watch Ted Lasso uh, except for the most Wait, recent episode. I mean, if you save it, then I could go watch it too, though. Okay, that sounds good. But yeah. I I just finished the second season of Mythic Quest. Ah, uh, yes. Which I really wanted to like because Rob McElhenney from um, uh, It's Always Sunny is super funny. And 
I will say that the second season I enjoyed more than the first season, but the first season was like really hard for me to watch. Like I had a, like an incredulous look on my face almost the entire time because I was like, this isn't funny. Why are they making fun of this? And I think part of the problem is because of the, the recent context of like the Blizzard Activision uh, allegations and how like it seems like almost every AAA developer nowadays has like a really toxic work environment, especially for women. And this show, like at least for this first season, seems to really heavily lean into making fun of like the worst parts of the gaming industry. So they joke about like, oh, yeah, this place is toxic to work for and people are constantly stressed and overworked and crunch is the thing that we do all the time. But ha ha ha, it's just like how games are made. And it's like it felt like the first season was Ubisoft trying to be like, listen, you keep complaining about how terrible it is to work for large companies like us. But here's a show to explain to you why we should be able to just do that because it's necessary meanwhile they're still dealing with their own sexual allegations exactly and it's just it's super weird because like uh like my my two least favorite episodes of the season of the first season were like there was one episode where uh danny pewdy uh from um community he, yeah. he played abed he plays the guy on their team who's in charge of like monetization for their game and he's constantly trying to do crazy underhanded shit, like put casinos in game in like the game to, you know, literally just bleed people dry from microtransactions and stuff like that. And so they have a uh, a moment where the, the head coder, Poppy, who is Australian, which is not really important, but I just like her accent. <laughs> uh, she gets up during a meeting and is like, listen, stop trying to shove your like stupid monetization bullshit in our game. Like you are not necessary we don't need you to make our game good and he just instead of trying to like fire back at her he was just like okay and he just leaves and he spends like the rest of the episode basically just like ripping out all the microtransactions and shit in the game and so they're like losing a shit ton of money and first off i was like okay fire him he's literally costing your company money now like that's how is this like a funny thing and I don't know. It just seemed like at the end of the episode, they made a point of going like, oh, yeah, no, we hate this monetization guy, but he's absolutely necessary for games to exist. And it wow. just, it, it felt like Ubisoft trying to be like, hey, you know how everyone's complaining about our like microtransactions and stuff that we're shoving in our games like uh, go, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands and stuff like that. The the time saver mechanics those are absolutely necessary for our games to exist nowadays anyway. So stop complaining. And then like the next episode after that involved like them finding out that there was a bunch of like white supremacists playing their game. And they, for some reason were like, okay, well we can't just ban them because they're paying customers and that's a slippery slope banning Nazis. So, they had this whole convoluted thing where they like they literally put more Nazi shit in the game, like what? emote. Like they they literally put like the ability to do a Heil Hitler emote <laughs> in the game, so so that the Nazis would like expose themselves as Nazis. And then once they had all the the Nazis on a list or whatever, they just put them in their own server, so they just like 
keep fucking with each other and not ever realizing that they're not actually playing with other people. It's just other Nazis that they're with. So I was like, wait, is Ubisoft basically saying that they we made a we made a safe environment for the Nazis in their yeah. own little world? It's like, okay, so we can't let normal people like normal people don't want to interact with Nazis, but we're still fine taking their money though. Like it just felt really weird. And yeah, like they constantly make jokes about how like women aren't taken seriously in video games. And I'm just like, but that's not funny. That's like a real problem though. So the first episode, the first season I thought was like really hard to watch, especially after the whole like Activision Blizzard allegations coming out and seeing like how bad it really does get in this gaming industry. So I had a really hard time enjoying it. it even though like I thought the characters were interesting and funny like the they were well acted and stuff like that. Although uh, Rob McElhenney's character uh, Ian Gray, Ian Grimm instead of Ian, it's Ian. He they keep making him like the worst, most self absorbed person, and then somehow like when people finally have enough of his shit and like snap back at him, and he gets all like sad and depressed and stuff, we're supposed to feel sorry for the bad guy. Like, I don't know. It's just that felt really weird. That's like, oh, no, no, no. He's the creative director. He's allowed to be insane. Like, I don't know. The second season was was a lot better because they. So it they just focused, feels like a lot of propaganda then, right? It does. It really feels like Ubisoft saying, like, listen, all the things that you complain about our toxic culture and, and like business practices stop complaining because they're absolutely necessary this you is wanna, just how things are done you want to buy you want to upgrade your assassin's creed odyssey ship don't you buy all these fucking resources or grind yeah. through the game for like 20 hours just for the fucking ship yeah and even weirder is like the the scene transitions they keep splicing in footage from ubisoft games it's really weird like of and course I think they are I think they're trying to make it seem like these are clips from their game Mythic Quest because at least for the first season, it was all just like medieval type stuff. So it was mostly, I think, clips from For Honor and uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was coming out at the time or soon uh, when the first season aired. The second season, though, they literally splice in shit from like Horizon Zero Dawn, from Diablo, from World of Warcraft. And I'm just like... Wait, for the simple for this one game for this one game and i'm like wait, 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 wait. Did, did they go around to different studios and they're like hey can we get like just random clips from your game catalog and just like throw them into our show it's so weird uh but at least the second season i actually laughed at like out loud a few more times than i did this the first season just because they focused more on like funny character interactions and less about like making fun of like actual real problems in the video games industry oh of course so i don't know it's it's again one of those weird recommendations where it's like the second season was funny but you're gonna have to slog through like the really cringy first season to get to like not even great comedy but just like decent comedy so it's weird it's one of those apple tv shows where it's just like i see what they were going for it's just maybe not for me yeah, no, I get that. I, uh, I I saw the announcement originally, and I am like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And it's like, you know, it seems like it's a weird, always sunny kind of spinoff because yeah. it's the same creator, you know. Have, yeah, uh, dude, like even Rickety Crickets is in this show. He's oh my he's God. the chief executive officer. Oh, that's fantastic. Or, or no, chief. He's like the executive producer, I think. 
He's like supposed to be in like the guy in charge, basically, but like no one listens to him. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I, I'm just I don't know. I've seen par- little clips and stuff, and I'm just like I don't know if I want to bother myself. Yeah, um, it's definitely not like a a need to watch show. I don't think. Okay. I I started it because I was like, man, I'm really not feeling C right now. So, I mean, that I actually want to watch. Like, I'm more... Because it's, it's like Jason Moe, so I'm like, oh, shit, I want to go... I, I at least want to check it out. It C is definitely interesting. It's just a very heavy show, and I was like, man, I, I don't feel like watching this right now, so... You know what? I'll try Mythic Quest, because I was kind of interested in the idea of, like, a show set in a game developer studio. But it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if you remember I mentioned that... Space Jam felt like it was a movie written by people who don't understand what video games are. Yeah. So they kept getting shit like wrong. Uh, This movie, not movie, this show, it's developed, it's produced by a video game studio. This is why I keep mentioning Ubisoft because it's produced by Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, It felt more like a show that is made by people who do understand video games but it's made for people who don't know about video game development and stuff like that. Mm, okay. So, so for me, I was just like, man, this is not super fun. Cause I understand that there's, these are actual real problems and stuff, but for like people who just like video games, they, they might look at this and go like, Oh, this is funny. Oh, this is a wacky studio and not realize that like, no shit like that actually happens. And that's, that's not cool in real life though yeah it's like oh isn't it funny it's so real it's like great great (laughs) no for sure um all right yeah no i'm good that's about (laughs) all i have on that okay yeah i'm good off that one personally (laughs) but all right uh james you ready yeah for the newest fast and furious that i've watched i have watched which one are you up to now uh last time we talked i watched fast and furious 6 Right. I wanted to get through two. I didn't have time again because this one, it's like for five and eight. Uh, my buddy wants to watch with me, so I'm holding off on Fate of the Furious. But I watched Furious Seven, which has Jason Statham in it as, oh, uh, yeah. as Shaw, Deckard Shaw. Oh my God, James! They all right. You know we th- this time. This time they're like. Let's go fucking crazy. Like we, I thought the last one was crazy. It had a tank on a highway in Europe. <laughs> it's not as crazy, you know. There's play, there's cars harpooning a plane to stop it from taking off, and it's like, is that the craziest thing that could happen? No, not even close. No, <laughs> no, not at all. In this one, it, uh, it they do the whole start off. Uh, Shaw's like Dominic Toretto, you don't know me, but you're about to, and like yeah. Han's car blows up, and you're like, oh no. And then Dominic gets a fucking package from Tokyo and it blows up and he's like, oh shit. And like, luckily, like, uh, Brian and me and their kid are outside of the house. So, but it's like, it could have been any of them and stuff. And they're like, oh my God. And, uh, he's like, I gotta go, uh, take this guy. I-, I gotta go figure this out. And in the beginning, it shows Brian and he's like getting ready. He's like stepping on the gas, getting ready. And it just shows him pull up slowly in a minivan to a daycare to drop his kid off. And I'm like, and he's just like, you can tell his face is like, I miss, they go, Brian misses the, it's not that that's the speed and the car. He misses the bullets. 
<laughs> what? I'm like, oh my god, he misses the action, the intensity so of just weird. living on the edge, and because it, it's that adrenaline, it was it's, it's constantly such a weird happening. Way of saying it though, yeah, it's it's he's basically he's like Frodo post Lord of the Rings. It's like how do you get back to the life you've had, and it's it's just crazy. But um, the Rock, like it's funny because Jason Statham, it starts off with him in the hospital. And he's like talking to uh, Luke Evans, uh, the uh, the shop from the first movie, his little brother. And he's like, "You were always the rent to the litter, blah 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 blah." And he like walks out, and he goes like to the doctors in there, "Take care of my brother, or else." And he like walks out with like a an SMG, and he you see him walk into the hospital, and there's all these dead like I guess like SWAT guys all over the hospital, like everyone's dead. One SWAT dude runs up to him or something, or is like disoriented. And Shaw just walks over, pulls a grenade, and hands it to him, and walks away, and he goes, <laughs> grenade! And then he, like, blows up, and then Shaw walks out, and, like, the hospital is, like, practically, like, half destroyed. Oh and it's God. just him going, hey, take care of my brother. And, uh, just having Jason Statham, like, think of the movie Crank, James, and the fact that he's in a movie called The Megalodon, it's like, oh, we got Meg here. Like, it's, it's so crazy. This entire film, basically, like, he... He attacks, uh, I forget where it starts. He, like, uh, attacks Dom, uh, somewhere because, like, he, he gets the information. The Rock is like, hey, what are you doing in my office? And he's like, hang on, I'm doing something. And it's like, what? <laughs> and he goes to stop Shaw. Shaw, like, not only beats The Rock, like, he, he, they beat each other to a standstill practically, but, like, Shaw leaves, like, a bomb. So The Rock and, um, uh, what's her face, uh? Crap, I forget her name now already. Damn it. Uh, basically, the, the woman Dom was going out with before Letty came back, uh, they, like, fly out the window. And, of course, The Rock flying out of, like, a three-story window onto a car is just like, oh, I'm hurt. I'm going to the hospital. And, like, Dom goes and he's like, hey, I need you to... I, I, officially, you know, you're out of your depth here. This dude will kill everything. Unofficially, you kill that guy. And, like, they get the team together, and they're like, you know, they killed Han. He killed Han. We got to stop this guy. But also, uh, we're getting help now from, uh, like, he, he chases Shaw at one point because Shaw comes after him. And you know what they do, James? What? They rev their cars facing each other. And they're like, I'm like, what are they doing? It's not a race. They just drive into each other. <laughs> they, they drive the cars into each other. And Dom gets more injured because Shaw weighted his car. So there's, like, actual, like, armor and shit on it. So, like, uh, Dom comes out with a wrench. And he's, like, uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, Jason Statham's, like, you, you brought a, you, you brought a, uh, a wrench to a gunfight. And, like, pulls out a gun. And it's just, like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, like, all these Put U.S. soldiers. wrench, though, you still lose. <laughs> All these U.S. soldiers come out of nowhere. Shaw gets away and, like, Dom meets Kurt Russell's character, Mr. Nobody. Kurt Russell's in this movie, and I'm like, what? I did not know Kurt Russell was in these movies. And he's like, um, a fr- uh, we have a mutual friend who's in the hospital right now. And it's like, oh, shit, he knows, he knows Hobbs. So in this movie, he works with Kurt Russell, and they're basically like, okay, I can help you find Shaw, but you got to do something for me. There's uh, an AI called the God's Eye, which will basically be able to find an idea. It basically can get into any computer and camera anywhere in the like in a hemisphere at once and um, basically find what you're looking for. So he's like, you help me get 
Godzai and the creator of Godzai, Ramsey, who's like captured by this like PMC terrorist company. I forget if they're a terrorist or PMC. And he's like, you get me that those two things. I'll let you use it first and find Shaw and take him down. So we both win. And they're like, okay. And he also has like basically all the backing of the this like shadow US agency. And to find her, she's like on a like car, like this convoy. They parachute their cars. The they, cars? The cars drive out of a plane and parachute down. Oh, I remember seeing this in the trailers and just going like, why <laughs> i was like what the fuck and of course the only you know tedge goes letty goes brian goes dom goes roman pierce tyrese's character is like i i'm not doing this so tedge is like yeah. yo i'm sorry man hits a remote the car without <laughs> under tedge's control backs out of the plane <laughs> and <laughs> takes him on it basically takes him against his will he's like no no <laughs> he forgets to put on his seatbelt, so he's just like, like starfishing in the car, just like trying to hold himself in there. It's the funniest shit. But like, uh, the Ramsey character is actually uh, Natalie Emmanuel, aka Masande from Game of Thrones, and that's how she joins. She's the hacker, and so it goes uh. into a whole chase to like Abu Dhabi and uh, or is it Dubai? I forget which one it was. But basically, it's like the giant fucking skyscrapers. And there's, like, a giant Middle Eastern party and shit. And for some reason, the head of security is Ronda Rousey with this, like, all-female security of just, like... Uh, you have, like, regular uniform Middle Eastern women, so they got the hijabs on and over it's, like, a brain shit. So, Letty... There's, like, a full fucking fight where Letty basically takes them down and then Ronda Rousey's, like, bitch! And then, like, goes on to fight <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, why is Ronda Rousey here? And uh, it just... I'm not, I'm sorry, like, alright, James, you know how, like, a lot of MMA and WWE people try to get into acting? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not for Ronda Rousey, it's just not. Uh, even in this, I was like, I just don't, just don't say anything, just stick to fighting. Yo, remember when people wanted her to be Captain Marvel? Oof, they, they also wanted, she said <laughs> she wanted to be Wonder Woman, I'm like, nah. I mean, she has the body for it, for sure. But. Yes, but you need to, besides that, you need the acting skills as well, and that, yeah. that wasn't there, unfortunately. Yeah, no, but she she's a fucking magnificent fighter, but not everyone's good at everything. I mean, if you ask Daniel, Gal Gadot doesn't have the acting skills either, but I kind of disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not everyone, not everyone's like The Rock. Like, The Rock is like a, an exceptional wrestler that made it out. Uh, along, along with John Cena. To be but that's... fair, here's the thing. Here's the difference between going from WWE into acting. Oh, true, true, true. Is that like WWE is acting. fighters is like it's mostly acting. You're in, in a soap opera. You're, you're why... in a soap opera where you're going to fight somebody. Yeah, basically. It's it's why Batista, I mean, he's not the best actor, but he also has had like a bit more success than other fighters getting into acting because he also started in WWE. That's why Sasha Banks is in there. Yeah. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So you're starting to get more of the WWE. It's funny because Ronda Rousey went to like WWE oh, after. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, ironically, it's like I'm, I'm entering the University of Acting through. <laughs> it's the best like transition. But yeah, so. Uh, there's like all these crazy fights um, and at one point Dom gets like this crazy there's only seven of these cars in existence it's like a three million dollar car or some shit 
he him and Brian drive it through the skyscraper. Oh, this is the movie where they do that? And then, like, uh, Shaw shoots, like, a grenade launcher at them, and it launches them further into another building. (laughs) And it's under, it's, like, the second building's under construction. They drive through it again, and Brian's like, bro, Dom, Dom, Dom! (laughs) And he drives through that building into a third building, and it keeps going. And then, like, Brian jumps out of the car first, and then Dom jumps out as it leaves and just, like, basically crashes and blows up. And when I say, like, Shaw was there. I mean, like, every single new setting they go to, whether it was where Ramsey is, they're transporting, Ram- like, trying to get Ramsey out. So they're fighting all these PMC terrorist people or whatever they are. I'm just going to say PMC guys to make it easier. Yeah. So it's, it's so there's all these PMC dudes that are head by, um, I forget the actor's name, but he's in The Quiet Place Part 2. He's, uh, did you watch that yet? I forget. No, not yet. Uh, I remember Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, who are you? And it's like, I'm Star Lord. Who? Oh, yeah. Him. Uh, I forget his name. But he is, uh, like, the head of the PMC company. So they're trying to get, take care of this guy. And, like, uh, they cornered Dom at one point. So he drives off a fucking cliff. And just, like, the car is, like, armored. So he could just let it crash everywhere. And Natalie Emanuel's in the car with him. And he's just like, you might want to put the helmet on. <laughs> but in that area, a fucking car comes out of nowhere. And it's, like, armored. And it's like, who? oh, look who it is. And it's Shaw. And then in Abu in uh, fucking Dubai, it's Shaw. So every new setting they go to, to to basically further their quest to eventually find Shaw, Shaw's there chasing them at the same time. And it's just Jason Statham entering every single area, going like, "I'm gonna destroy this fucking place." And in fucking Dubai, he just comes up the elevator with like a bunch of guns at a party and i'm like what is what is happening right now like what is he neo it's fucking insane and then like uh they they do a whole uh a whole thing where i think they they, they after they get the the shit they need there's like a they get the god side ship because it's like embedded in the car i think it was in the the car uh they get god's eye it's like a flash drive i yeah it's flash drive that's what it was i want to i want to say so they use it and they find where Shaw's at and uh, Toretto goes to Mr. Nobody, Carousel's character, and he's like, my, my people, my team's great, but they're not killers. Uh, I want to go with your team and we just take care of this ourselves. And Brian goes with him. He's like, you really thought you'd go without me. So they go with like a dozen U.S. shadow soldiers and they go in and Shaw's just eating food and they're like, we got you now. And he's like, you really think I let you in here? without a plan and it's like oh wait what's he gonna do and it's like you know you know what they say the enemy of my enemy is my friend and he's like you know and you got a lot of enemies so i got a lot of friends and that pmc earlier that they rescued ramsey from comes out of nowhere and there's a lot of them because it's the whole fucking pmc <laughs> like they start shooting up all the soldiers get killed and kurt russell all of a sudden like puts on these crazy like infrared glasses goggle glasses and pulls out like just dual pistols and starts going to town shooting guys uh like the main soldier that's there gets killed who's like kind of a minor character and then eventually though uh kurt russell gets shot while he's reloading and uh toretto basically him and brian get nobody out and get out of there and he's like uh 
I got a bulletproof vest on. I'll be okay. You can leave me here. And he's like, I'm not leaving you. And he's like, you're not leaving me. I'm leaving you. I already got like a, a chopper coming in to get me. I'll be fine. Just go and do what you need to do. So they also get God's Eye because they, they were there. Uh, they had God's Eye with them, uh, the flash drive. So now the PMC group has it. And Shaw's going to go after them. And so is the PMC group because they still know Ramsey can hack the God's Eye. So they want to kill Ramsey. So Dom's like, they may have guns, but we got the streets. So what? they go back to LA and go, the PMC will have to take us here in our own streets. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. You're going to make a private military company come and attack Los Angeles to get the hacker and kill her. And Shaw's coming too, basically, to lure them in because they know the streets. So they end up playing fucking hot potato with <laughs> Ramsey, where they literally get her from car to car as the PMCs are trying to take her down. And the PMC has a fucking like Apache helicopter. It was like some fucking helicopter that also has a Predator drone. And there's like a Predator drone tracing them through fucking at Los Angeles. And then all of a sudden the cops are chasing them. And the cops are chasing just the cars. And the cops get blown up by the Predator drone. And you're just like, you're watching all these basically police getting killed. You're seeing all these other like cars getting damaged. They hide under a giant truck. The truck gets blown up. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And uh, like it ends with basically like... Uh, the rock breaking out of the hospital. He breaks his cast. He just flexes his muscle. The cast on his arm breaks. He goes out there uh, and crashes an ambulance. The predator drone is low. So he drives an ambulance over uh, a bridge. Like there's like a tunnel. He drives over the tunnel, crashes the ambulance into a predator drone. What? <laughs> takes a chain gun off the predator drone, proceeds to then shoot at the helicopter to where uh, Jason Statham, like, crashes in a park, like, the parking lot basically uh, collapses and he gets stuck in there and, like, he's basically trapped and kind of taken off the board. Dom proceeds to drive his car into the helicopter and uh, okay. uh, he misses and the car basically crashes with a minute, like, into the parking lot and just basically gets practically destroyed. But he had, as he drove under it, had a bag of grenades from Shaw's car and attached the grenades to the helicopter. And then the rock proceeds to pull out his fucking hand cannon and shoot the bag of grenades, therefore destroying the helicopter. <laughs> it's fucking insane. The amount of shit that happens in this. And the Shaw gets like locked up and the rocks like, he's like, you really think all the security can hold me? And it's like, it's not, it's to stop me from killing you. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And that's it. That's the whole fucking movie. Like, uh, it, oh, actually, sorry. I'm so sorry, 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 sorry. Because Paul Walker passed away before the movie came oh, out. But yeah. after the filming, uh, they did a whole ending where it's like, he realizes, yeah, he loves the bullets and stuff, but he needs to be a father now. And also me is having a second kid. So they use his brother as like a double, I believe. And I th they may have used some CGI to kind of like they, make him... There's a YouTube channel called Corridor Digital that uh, talks about like good and bad CGI and stuff. They're they're a, a CGI studio, um, and I I don't know if the I think the YouTube thing is just their like side stuff, because uh, they they work off of commission I think. Anyway, mm. uh, they they had an episode that uh, mentioned 
how they like digitally replaced Paul Walker or, or Paul Walker's brother with his uh, with Paul Walker and how like this is why it looks so, so good. Like it's almost unnoticeable. Okay. Yeah, so it's um they do the whole like it's been a long time without you, my friend. And it's like that song. Um so that th- that that's playing and like he leaves and they're like, Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, You really think you could say goodbye that way? And he basically just pulls up and you're just like, Oh fuck. And it's like you feel it because you you know and you just feel it and you're just like, God damn. And yeah. you see them drive down the highway until Paul exits off this the road. And you're just like, fuck, that's crazy how that ends. Like, it's just insane to think. And they do, like, a whole, like, montage of the Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, and I think Six. So it's, like, all the ones Paul Walker's in where it shows him throughout, like, the years. And it's just so good. It, It shows his interactions with Dom, with Mia, all those different ones, like him and like Tej and Roman at one point from Too Fast, Too Furious. It's just so fantastic. They, they do a really good job with it. And yeah. you definitely feel it. And like at the end, it says like for Paul. And because of that, there's no after credit scene either. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's It was definitely supposed to be like a touching goodbye to him. Just part primarily because like the actor is dead. Yes. And they're like, how do we tastefully remove the character who literally was like the starting main character of the series and like how do we do that tastefully and yeah it sounds like they did a pretty good job uh, with it and it's crazy too because it's like than carrie fisher <laughs> yeah fucking oh it's, it's not even uh i so like it's crazy thinking about it now because it's like uh you know the rock i don't think is in the other ones after this because he like the whole um feud between him and diesel and instead yeah. you get the hobson shaw spinoff that happens pretty much simultaneously with Which fate I of the furious fun with yeah so like uh the rock isn't in fate of the furious and neither is brian like neither is paul walker so it's like the three main guys it's only one now and i'm very curious uh, to watch when i do watch fate of the furious like you know i'm assuming you know letty roman and tej take a bigger role uh in this one i'm assuming and like so does like now ramsey's a part of the group and stuff and han's not gonna be back until nine so like i'm very curious like what eight looks like if there's more new characters like how is it gonna be and stuff like it's I'm, i haven't watched the trailer for it yet either i, I know charlie's theron is in it and apparently like dom goes bad yeah. for this one like he like goes against oh, them there's or something. a reason for why but, i, I like... heard I, i'm very curious that like, I don't know the full story, but I know there's a good reason for it. And I'm very curious to see what is going on. I'm just so I, ex- yeah, excited. Yeah, I, I think I missed that one, too. I just know that, like, the main set piece moment for that movie was when, like, Charlize Theron, who's apparently a hacker, just, like, hacks a bajillion cars in the the fa- the fast crew have to, like, outrace a bajillion zombie cars. Yeah. So I have three movies left before I go to the theater to watch Fast 9. I have Fate of the Furious, I have Hobson Shaw, and I'm supposed to watch, uh, I think it was Justin Lin's one of his first films he directed, but it's the movie Han plays as, he's Han, it's called uh, Better Better Luck Tomorrow. And it's like, they said this is supposed to be what happened to Han, or like what Han's backstory is. And uh, they said to watch that, everyone says to watch that before 9. So it's not officially Fast and Furious, but it is, if that makes sense. Um, mm. It's like Fast and Furious and everything but name, but it's just purely about Han. So I'm excited to watch that as well. 
but that's the order. It's Fate of the Furious, Hobson Shaw, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. Or, yeah, Better Luck Tomorrow. And then Fast Night in Theaters. So I'm getting there. And I'm hoping, you know, the last couple I've had to do singularly for the week. I'm hoping these ones I could either knock out all this week or uh, within the next two weeks at the most. Because, like, I'm I'm itching to go to the theater and watch Nine. Because also, besides that, like, I'm going to go watch the Suicide Squad in theaters in IMAX. And also, I don't know if you want to watch the J, like, Green Knight's coming out. Uh, or I'm Green Knight is out. That. I kind of want to watch the Jungle Cruise. I've actually heard fun stuff about it. They said if you like the older Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you'd like this a little bit. Uh, and it's got, you know, it's got the Rock and Emily Blunt. So I'm kind of like, ah, maybe I should go watch it. So because I'm just itching to just go watch movies again. I think that's also why I want to just go check it out. But Green Knight before Jungle Jungle Cruise is if I got time after the other movies. Otherwise, for sure, Fast 9 and Green Knight before that easily. But yeah. And, uh, I mean, I didn't, we didn't talk too many things, but I think that's okay, at least for now. But, uh, right. you know, that's been our show, guys. Uh, keeping it to, like, an hour and a half for this one. And sorry that this was a little bit extra, because I did do the David Ayer stuff and talked about more of the uh, Activision Blizzard stuff, which, you know, won't happen like that. Uh, instead, next time will be purely just two news topics, and that's it. Um, this is just a special case because of that David Ayer thing. I really wanted to talk about it but I knew it wasn't like a bigger topic. But in any case, that has been Sutra Side Talk. If you guys want to write into us, uh, you can at sutrasidetalk.gmail.com. Uh, leave us comments, feedback, or if you want to ask us a question that you want us to answer on the show, you can. Once again, that is sutrasidetalk at gmail.com, and you can find it in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, you can also, to help us out, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And if it's Apple Podcast, if you can give us that five-star review, that would really help us out. Uh, and, of course, you can follow Sutra Side Talk on Twitter and Instagram, at Sutra Side Talk. Give us a like, follow, uh, retweet, uh, check out the stories we're posting, stuff like that. And uh, you can follow James on Twitter, at InvaderJim124. And you could follow me on Twitter, at GoGoComzilla. We got more things down the line. I'll have more announcements uh, throughout this year for the show, hopefully, if not earlier, if I can. I'm hoping within the next two months I should have multiple announcements, but uh, I'm working on it. I have a roadmap that I'm trying to get through for this and changing the format of this show and also making some changes to Instagram and Twitter where it's more focused now in terms of uh, new content uh, is just the beginning of that, so... Hopefully you guys like more of what we do here and please give us any feedback. We'd love to know what you guys think we're doing, how we're doing so far, even though, you know, we're post 100 episodes in and stuff, but we always want to learn more about what everyone thinks uh, on what we're doing here. But uh, until next week, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks for listening.